you're amazing. Thank you, God. How many of you know he is an amazing God? Come on, put it in the chat and say, you are amazing. I mean, talk, talk to God. Make, make it an act of worship. You are amazing. We, we sing about amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. But that amazing grace is amazing because of the amazing God who gives it. We talk about an amazing love. How can it be an amazing love that was given for me when I was a wretch undone? His love found me where I was and brought me to where I am. But that amazing love is only amazing because it came from an amazing God. Thank you, praise team, for reminding us that you are amazing. God, thank you for reminding us that you are amazing, that you are amazing. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we bless you and we thank you for today. We pray now, God, that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight. God, anoint me from on high that as your word goes forth, it will go forth in power and might that it will help your people to become all you want them to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every one of us who are believers understand the centrality of the importance of having faith in God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, read it with me if you will. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We understand that faith is essential to the life of the believer. You cannot please God without faith. But here's where I think many believers have gotten off track. While we recognize that faith is essential there are some issues around what is the true evidence that we have faith in God. You see, there were many for many years who purported and preached a prosperity theology that basically said the evidence that you have faith is in whether or not you have accumulated cash, cars, commodities, or creature comforts. Faith somehow was equated with fame and fortune and fashion and finance. And so if I'm a child of God, the more stuff I have, the more faith I must have. A couple of problems with that. Number one, you don't have to have faith to have fame, fortune, finances, or high fashion. Some of the biggest sinners, some of the biggest unbelievers, some atheists have a whole lot of money. They don't think anything about God. So you can't say that objectively just having money is evidence that you have faith. Here's the second problem. It's not transferable. It's not a super cultural principle that can be applied in every context and in every country. See, there are some people who have tremendous faith who don't have a fine car to ride in, they ride a bus. They are people who have a tremendous faith, 
who don't have a lot stored up. They literally live day by day. But they have faith and they believe and trust in God. So, so here's the question for us today. How do we evidence the faith that we say we have in God? Now, I've shared with you over the last couple of weeks that, you know, there'll come a time, there'll come a point when your faith is tested, when your faith is tried, and you have to be like that, that father who said to the Lord, Lord, I believe, but I need some help with my unbelief. I need my unbelief strengthened. Uh, today, I want to continue a series that we started entitled, Being a Believer Every Day being a believer every day. What does it mean to walk with God every day? And we started off by talking about living a lifestyle of love, but today I want to shift and I want to talk about living a lifestyle of faith. What does it mean to live the faith that you say that you have? Understanding that your faith is not evidenced by what you have, but by how you live. It's evidence not by what you acquire, but how you relate to God, how you trust God, even when times get hard. Our scripture today is Romans chapter 12, and I want to look in particular at verse 11. Uh, it, it's in verse 11 that the apostle Paul reminds us of what it means to live in a way that faith becomes your lifestyle and not just an episode or an event in your life, that every day of your life you are learning how to walk in a way that is more and more faith-filled and faith-focused in terms of your walk with God. Here's the first thing. Number one, your faith is real when you learn to serve the Lord intensely and intentionally. Your faith is real when you learn to serve the Lord intensely and intentionally. The New Living Translations, Romans 12, 11 reads, Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Uh, God's Word translation says, don't be lazy in showing your devotion. Use your energy to serve the Lord. Uh, don't be slothful. The King James translates that phrase. Never be lazy. It's as if Paul starts off by saying, uh, before I tell you what you should do, let me tell you what you should not do. And I think Paul does this in this place like he does in other portions of Scripture because he knows that we have a proclivity to be lazy, uh, to be standoffish, to, to kind of just step back and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to let God do this, and I'm going to trust God, and I, I'm not going to really get involved a whole lot. Now, we don't say that. We don't articulate it, but that's what we live we live a level of passivity when it comes to our faith in God. We don't go after our faith in God and strengthening our faith and our walk with God. 
like the Lord says we can. Um, I was watching just this past week uh, the 30 for 30 series, uh, and it was chronicling the 1986 uh, New York Mets uh, world champion baseball team. And it was telling their story, the trilogy of, of how they began to turn it around and how good they were in 84 and how they missed the playoffs in 85. And in 86, they, they came back and they were determined that they were going to win the Major League Baseball title. They won 108 games that year, more games than anybody else, almost lost in the World Series to the Boston Red Sox. Ball went through the legs of Bill Buckner. Some of you are familiar with that play. And the Mets ended up coming back and winning the World Series. Here's what was interesting to me. Man, those guys in the 1980s in New York, they were rock stars. I mean, everybody loved the Mets, and these dudes were partying hard. I mean, they were partying and staying up to 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and then get up and play a day game. And they were telling all these stories, the drugs, the women, the money. They were talking about all of this stuff that they had going on, and they still won a championship. Here's what I thought to myself. How much would they have won if they were really dedicated and sold out and committed to being the best athletes they could be? Now, I'm not saying they wouldn't go out, have fun, have dinner, whatever the case may be. But to the extent that they did, I mean, I think by most standards, it was excessive, right? They didn't, they had so much talent that they could win the game without being dedicated to what they needed to be to its fullest extent. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, what does that have to do with me? I think some of us try to be Christians, giving the least that we can give to get the most that we can from God. In other words, you don't pray like you should. If, if, if I'm knocking on your door, don't say amen, say ouch. You don't read the scripture like you should. You don't spend time in meditation with God like you should, right? You, you, don't, you don't dedicate yourself wholeheartedly to God or even close to the amount that you could. Which is why when we need faith in God the most, many of us struggle to give it to God and to go to God in that faith, to walk in that faith. So Paul says, never be lazy. Never be lazy. And here's what I want you to know. The more gifted you are, the more, uh, what's the word? The more likely you are to be lazy because, listen, you can get by on your gifts even when your faith is not activated. You can get, see, people who are really, really talented and get by, people who are really gifted and get by, watch what the devil will do. The devil will let you start thinking that that one time that you got by, instead of it being the exception, it becomes the rule. So now you don't practice like you used to practice. 
You used to practice a whole lot. Now you only practice a little bit. And then you got up that one time and you did what you were supposed to do. You gave that presentation. You gave that sermon. You sang that song. And you didn't have any time to really practice or rehearse. And then here comes the power of God falling on you. And you make the mistake of thinking the power of God is you. And so now you start practicing less. You stop putting in the effort. You stop putting in the time. God says, don't be lazy, child of God. Don't be lazy. Be intentional about what I am calling you to do. Be intense in your relationship with the Lord. Don't be lazy. Watch what he says. Work hard. Work hard. Work hard. Be about God's business. That, that idea of working hard, that word literally means to be diligent, to have a zeal, to have an earnestness. Uh, don't, don't be lazy. Don't be slow moving. Don't be sluggish. Don't be lethargic. Don't hesitate or procrastinate. Don't delay, but move in earnest. Be about God's work. If I asked you when you were born, every one of you could tell me your birthday. Some of you could go a little deeper and tell me the time of day that you were born. If I asked you all when, when are you going to die, none of you would be able to answer that because you don't know when you're going to die. But here's what I know. People who are giving a diagnosis and a prognosis, and that prognosis is bad, and they're only given a short time to live, they move with a sense of earnestness. They're in a hurry. They're serious. They have a zeal, and they're going to do everything that they can with the time that they have left. And God says, I want you to work hard. I want you to work hard. I want... I want you to show the evidence of your faith, not only for you, but watch this, because there are other people that you'll come in contact with who can't afford for you to come at them with less than your best because they need the Lord, and you are the one who's going to show them who God is, introduce them to God, share with them the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. They're observing you. They're watching you. They want to hear from you. And the question is, will you be prepared to share that with them? So he says, be about God's business. Be serious about it. Don't be lazy. Be serious about it. Put the time in. Put the work in to being the best that you can for God. And then watch what he says. Verse 11, watch the C part. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. That's that very familiar word in the Greek, doulos. Serve the Lord, whether you are serving the Lord um, literally or figuratively in a specific setting, 
Uh, it was used to describe people who were voluntarily serving or those who were involuntarily serving, but it had nothing to do with whether it was voluntary or involuntary. It had to do with your attitude and the actions that are matched with that attitude because a person who is a servant is going to do everything that they can to obey and please the one that they are serving. You know, one of the challenges for you and for me is to see God in everything that we do and say beyond Sunday morning. Matter of fact, that really was a challenge for many starting in March of 2020 when many sanctuaries were shut down and closed and many worships were moved outside or moved to the digital platform, right? Because we were so accustomed to measuring our faith by our church attendance. I'm, I'm faithful because I go to church every Sunday, or I go to church regularly, or I go to church more than the folk who live in my community, or more than my neighbor, or more than some of my friends. Man, I am faithful in the Lord. And we were faithful in coming to a place. But were you faithful in living the life that God has called you to live. Paul admonishes his readers to maintain their spiritual zeal. He says, maintain your spiritual zeal because ultimately at the end of the day, you are not serving man, you are serving God. Even when days of discouragement come, even when trials and tribulations come, even when problems come, the question is, who are you serving? Are you serving yourself? Are you serving somebody else? Or are you serving God? And will I allow my faith in God, watch this, to encourage me and inspire me and motivating me to give my best even in the worst of times? Will my faith in God override every obstacle I come against? Look at Colossians 3, beginning at verse 23. In all the work you are doing, work the best you can. Work as if you were doing it for the Lord, not for people. Remember that you will receive your reward from the Lord which he promised to his people, you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 10, 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. Ecclesiastes 9, 10. Whatever you do, do well. Whatever you do, do well. For when you go to the grave, there will be no work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. 2 Peter 1.10, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really, that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. 
Do these things and you will never fall away. And that's why the apostle Paul says, never be lazy. Verse 11, look at it again. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Serve the Lord fervently. Serve the Lord with passion. Serve him intensely. Serve him with intensity. Give God your best because what's this God gave his best to you in order for you to become the best you can be so the least you can do is give God the best you can that's why he said in Romans chapter 12 come on go back up that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service which is your reasonable worship You must be enthusiastic about what you do for God. I'm not talking about over-emotional. I'm talking about doing it with a passion, doing it with a determination. That's when you know you're walking in faith. You know you're walking in faith when your eyes are on God and you are determined to do what God has called you to do with every ounce of strength you have, that you are going to dedicate everything that you're doing to him because you are working as unto the Lord, not unto people. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you really want to know what the evidence of your faith is, The evidence that you have faith in God is not in what you acquire and what's around you in terms of what you accumulate. The evidence of your faith is seen in your determination based on what's inside of you to follow and obey God no matter what's going on around you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. You said in your word, God, that lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. Help us to keep your commandments and live the life that you are calling us to live. Help us, God, to put forth the energy and effort that you are looking for from us as evidence of our faith in you so that we can ultimately become all you want us to be. We thank you, Lord. And I pray now for everyone under the sound of my voice. Help them to walk by faith, live by faith, to exercise faith and trust in you. And help them to know, God, that they must be intentional and intense if they are going to be a faith-filled child of God. We love you. We ask these blessings. And where our prayer falls short, make up the difference, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. I, I hope and pray that you have been blessed and encouraged today around this idea of living by faith.
living a lifestyle of faith and, and how that faith manifests itself in our work, not our work for other people, but our work to the Lord. Now listen, if you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord today. Uh, you can go to the link, go to our website. I want to become a Christian, but how? And you want to find out how to become a Christian, how to become a Christ follower, how to allow Jesus Christ to become your Savior and Lord. And if you would click on that link, uh, I will show you privately via video how to ask the Lord into your life and pray what is called the prayer of salvation. Very simple, but very powerful. If you mean it in your heart, the Lord will take up residence inside of you. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to make a decision to become part of our church family. We would love to have you as part of our church family. And again, I tell you what I told you at the beginning. We're not here for you to make us a big church. We're here to help you become the biggest and best Christian. Click on the link that says, I want to join the church, and we will be in contact with you expeditiously to help you become a part of our church family. For those of you who haven't already, I want to give you an opportunity to worship the Lord in giving. There are six different ways that you can worship the Lord in giving here at the Good Hope Church on the digital platform. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that, however the Lord leads you, and to whatever area you would like to give. Man, we've got some exciting things coming up. I'm, I mean, it, it, I'm in meetings, and I'm just watching God move. Um, our, our food pantry, we, we, we have some things happening there. We have a partnership with a local federally qualified health center. Uh, they're going to be coming in, helping us make assessments of people in the community to find out how we can connect those who are without insurance to affordable, if not free, health care. Um, very, very important, especially here in the state of Texas, where two and a half million people are underinsured and or uninsured. We want to make sure that we connect them to those issues, uh, uh, those places where they can get health care, especially in light of COVID-19. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just unbelievable uh, what we need to do in order to help people. We have our youth diversionary program that is uh, starting up, and we're excited about that. And then we are in talks to start a pregnancy center. And that pregnancy center is going to be committed to uh, walking with women, uh, walking with men, uh, through their experience of pregnancy. We want to encourage them and counsel them and help them to know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. And so we're excited about that as well. And, and I'm not ashamed uh, to say that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm not just pro-birth. I'm pro-birth, but I'm pro-life. I want to help people live better lives. I, I don't want to be like some who say, ooh, we, we support, you know, the right to life of a child, and, and then once the child is born, they just turn their back. No, we have to be, pro-life is beyond just birth, 
right? It's about helping people live every day of their lives. And that's why we do what we do in regards to the food pantry. That's why we do what we do in terms of the youth diversionary program. That's why we do what we do in terms of our partnership with the federally qualified health centers. That's why we're doing what we're doing with the pregnancy center, uh, because we want to help people live life. We want to help people live life. And your gifts help us to do that. And so I want to thank you uh, in advance for your gifts. Some of you have been so faithful in your giving, and I want to say thank you personally for your faithfulness in your giving. All right? Last but not least, remember God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. If, if we have the faith and we believe God can do even beyond what you can think, ask, or imagine if you put your faith and your trust in him. So let God do something amazing, not just to you and in you, but God do something through us in order to change people's lives in your name. All right? God bless you and God be with you is my prayer. You know what? Let me cover you in prayer right now. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his throne with exceeding great joy to the all-wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty now and forever. May you be blessed in your going in and your going out. May you be blessed as you rise and as you slumber and fall. May you be blessed in everything that you do. And in your blessings, may you always give glory to God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.